This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey, cat lovers. Welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Catherine Prim. I'm a small animal veterinarian and obvious cat lover. So today I have Arden Moore with me, and she is special because she also hosts a show here on Pet Life Radio called Oh Behave. And here's the other cool thing. She is also a pet health and safety coach. So I want to talk with her about her journey to do that and what it entails and all the fun she's had doing that as well as the fun she has on her show, Oh Behave. So we'll be right back with Arden after a quick message. You know what I love? I love my cat. My cat Scamper has discriminating taste. He doesn't like just anybody. So when he acts like he loves me, it makes me feel good, like like somehow I made the cut. But you know what I don't love? Cleaning up Scamper's litter box. Which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. There's no cloud of nasties when I scoop. It's 100% dust-free, free from heavy perfumes, and it helps reduce airborne dander when I scoop. So what happens in the litter stays in the litter. New cloud control cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to ya. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. And I have Arden Moore with me. Hey, Arden. Hey, pause up, Dr. Cat. So I'm pretty excited to have you today because I want to hear about your journey with Casey and all about Casey and what you do. And I know that you are more than willing to share that. <laughs> me? Wow, you got that right. <laughs> well, folks, Casey is my first orange tabby I've ever had. I've had cats all my life. And there's a lot of truth to what they say about orange tabbies. In the case of Casey, he hails from the San Diego Humane Society. I got him when he was about four months old. And uh, he has never met a stranger or a strange place. He exudes a lot of uh, cool cat confidence. He is a certified therapy pet through Love on a Leash. And he rocks it teaming up with my dog, Kona. And we teach uh, veterinary-approved pet first aid classes all over. So he's been to 12 states, Dr. Cat. So what does that look like? I mean, just <laughs> tell me what, what one of the classes entails, because I'm fascinated by that. Well, it's about a four and a half hour class and we customize it for whom we're teaching. So we have taught canine police officers, professional pet sitters, groomers, dog boarding staffs, pet boarding staffs, and just, you know, pet parents that really want to learn a little bit more about how to keep their pets safe. And uh, I just am amazed because Casey teams up with my dog Kona and we are actually checking things like Casey's pulse on his femoral artery. We're doing a capillary refill check on his gums. He purrs while we do a one-handed chest compression to teach people CPR. We fake out like he broke a leg and he stretches out his long front leg and we wrap it up and he works for treats. So he works for treats and he yeah. does all this happily. So how yeah. did you train him to do these things? This is awesome. 
I hypnotized them. No, I'm just kidding. Well, like you, I'm all about using the right ways to teach a cat and dog and set them up for success. So I was the editor for eight years of Catnip, which is through Tufts University. So I have had my brain bombarded by great veterinarians that are board certified in many different areas, as well as applied animal behaviorists. And I've written a number of books. And so Casey is my latest cat. And, uh, since he was a kitten, I conditioned him to being touched and his paw press so he does really good when he gets his mani-pedi, he purrs. And I just made it so that it was a fun adventure. And as you know, with cats, it's all about negotiating and never forcing, right? Well, I think it's that way with everybody, really. <laughs> yeah, but yes. cats, cats even more so. <laughs> yes, that was yes. my idea at this time, right now. <laughs> yes, well, and, and we're the smart ones, right? So I just try to, to, try to stay a step ahead of scamper sometimes i'm not but you know so he does feel like it's his idea so so that's kind of what worked with casey how long did it take you to to teach him to tolerate or enjoy these things well when he was a kitten i called him a kit kitten in training and at the time i had a turkish fan mix named ziki who was my pet safety cat and uh, so he would go with us to the classes and he he loves being in the carrier we use a nice harness leash, and uh, he's very food motivated. So you could just beckon him with a little treat, and he'd follow you, and, and he didn't even know he was on a leash. So he got to have a little exposure gradually. At, you know, I didn't just slam in, into a class for the first time, but I think cats are really great at being observational learners. So he's checking out what's happening to Zeke, and Zeke's getting a lot of cool attention. He's like, okay, I'm in. When you selected him, or did you did you select him, or did you just sort of end up with him? I mean, how did that look oh, like? What did that yeah, look like? That's a good question. A lot of times, as you know, with cats, they usually just kind of pick you. And through the years, I've had a number of cats that have been from the streets that have said, hey, human, you're the one. But with Casey, he was at the San Diego Humane Society, and they were actually having a pet adoption at a local pet smart. And I knew that my cat, Ziki, was at a stage where it was time to get a successor and pet first aid and pet behavior training classes I teach. And you know what? I was watching all these cats and I noticed that Casey was four months old at the time. And he was very friendly to everybody that was saying hi to him. But I saw in him that he also was very confident in himself and could amuse himself quite well. He didn't shy away from the front of the module where he was in. And uh, I kept studying him. And then a, a gal was teaching, was going to teach a dog training class there. And she had a cat-friendly border collie. And I thought, well, I want to see how he is with doggies. And we, we set it up so we had them apart. So they're both facing treats in front of them, but they were spaced apart. And I noticed that Casey could care less about the Border Collie. He was all about the treat. And then gradually they got to be closer and closer together. And he just kind of sniffed the dog's ear and said, I want that treat. And I'm like, okay. And at the end of the whole thing, when he was tired, Casey took his little blanket in his module and just threw it over his head and went to sleep. I'm like, okay, this is a confident cat that's up for adventure. So that helped me pick him. That is so cool that you saw him and you saw his gifts and then you've been able to use them to teach people to be better pet owners. So you said that you've taken him to 12 different states and you've taught all kinds of different people. Do some of the stories stand out to you? Well, he just recently came back from St. Louis and we were flying there. And folks, 
when you want to travel with a small dog or a cat on a plane, I highly, highly encourage you to please, please do not put them in the belly of the plane. We don't know really what's happening there. Years ago, I was trained with Pet Airways, and we learned from the airline industry that if uh uh-oh happens in the plane, one of the first protocols for the pilot is to admit something in the belly of the cabin to snuff out any potential fires And they have to do that before they even open the door to check. So that means anything living there would be gone. So I'm never going to fly a dog in a plane unless they're small enough to carry with me. But with the case of Casey, um, the other rule is I've learned also from experience to please, please make sure you've booked your reservation for your pet because airlines only allow so many pets in the cabin per flight. And third, make sure that they really dig being in a carrier. So here I am, Dr. Cat, with Casey, and I got bumped up to first class because it's a short flight and it was $100. And I'm like, well, that's cheaper than the uh, charge for the luggage you have to check in. And I could have Casey go first class from Dallas to St. Louis. That sounds fun, doesn't it? And uh, so I put Casey in his carrier in front of me. And this lady that was really yapping loudly in her phone and chewing gum, and she plops down next to me and she says, oh, you don't have a pet in there, do you? And I said, well, yes, I do. Well, it's not a cat, I hope. Well, yes, it is. His name's Casey. Well, I hope he doesn't talk during the flight. I'm like, well, you're talking loudly. And I said, well, I guess we're going to see. And Casey had the mute button on. We get out and we go to the Cat Writers Association's 25th annual conference in St. Louis at a hotel. Casey, folks, loves riding in a pet stroller. He wears a cowboy hat sometimes. I try not to make him too embarrassing looking. And he walks on a leash. So we strolled into the lobby with Casey in his stroller, uh, looking mighty fine. And throughout the whole conference, he was on his best behavior. He loves being in a hotel room. And Dr. Debbie Horowitz was the uh, keynote. Do you know her, Dr. Cat? I know who she is, but I have not met her in person. Very impressive. Yeah, she's great. And so she's giving the keynote about, you know, up in the game for cats. And Casey's in his stroller with me in the back of the room. And she asked a rhetorical question. I mean, she said, you know, if we could ask cats what they really wanted, this is what they'd say. Wouldn't you agree? And I'm not kidding. On cue, Casey went, no. Oh, my God. (laughs) And she said, exactly, Casey. So my cat likes to have conversations. So I feel embarrassed but happy when I give a talk or I teach pet first aid. I look over at Casey and I ask him and he always opens his mouth and always has something to say. So I'll say, do you think this is the right way to do it, Casey? No. Oh, that's awesome. That's priceless. Yeah. So so, uh, he always has something to say, but... We're continuing learning things. He knows how to do a high paw, a spin. He comes when I call him and he raises his tail. And then I go, watch that tip of the tail. It's going to get crooked a little bit. And everybody, that means Casey thinks I rock his world. And I call him my BFF because he is my best feline friend. Awesome. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned the lady on the plane, that she was worried about him talking. You know what? She probably has been around a cat who had some cat carrier anxiety and yowled and yowled and yowled. And that's actually a sign of fear, anxiety, stress. 
that cat fears for its life. Now, obviously, Casey doesn't fear for his life inside his carrier because you've taken the time to teach him. But all of my listeners, your cats need to learn to not be afraid of their carrier. You can't just stuff them in it and take off. That's just not going to work. Well, and I agree with you, Dr. Cat, because when I got married, I inherited a a now 13-year-old cat named Mikey, a black cat, who wouldn't even go near a carrier, and it was quite a little match to try to get him with his annual visit at the veterinarian, but I convinced my spouse that we need to incorporate fear-free techniques. We do go to a fear-free certified veterinarian, and Mikey now walks at home. I leave the carrier out. Mikey's in there sleeping sometimes. And the last time we actually have to take him to the vet later today, last time we took him, he's purring while she's doing the urine draw because she's doing it on a table that's, you know, it's cushioned and there's feel away. And, you know, he's like, well, it wasn't so bad. And we time it so there's not a bunch of dogs in the lobby and we just go right into the exam room. That's awesome. So that's a great place to take a break because we'll be right back with Arden to talk about ways to make visits to the veterinary hospital with your cat a little bit more fun. So we'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. And we're still here talking with Arden Moore about Casey, her pet health safety cat, and all of their journeys and fun, and also ways to make the vet visit and the cat carrier a little more pleasant for your cat. So, Arden, let's get back to it. Okay, well, one thing I do for my cats, Casey and Mikey, is I use a top-loading carrier. So there's the front door, but also one on top. And as I do in my pet first aid classes, I teach people how to wrap a cat in a towel and be able to carefully place them into their carrier from the top. It's uh, so much easier. It's got the scent of them on the towel, makes the uh, staff and the veterinarian be able to do maybe a easier exam. And I mean, there's a funny cartoon by Simon the Cat, the uh, cartoonist, where it's a person trying to put, it's a cartoon, trying to put a cat into the front end of a carrier. Everybody has this bad habit of trying to uh, cram a cat through the front door and they've got flexible spines and really stubborn streaks and you lose, right? (laughs) 
Oh, they can be everywhere. That's what I tell my <laughs> client. They can be everywhere at once. You got four legs. I mean, yeah. So the idea, I think, is get them to go into the carrier willingly. And you touched on that a little bit. I leave my carrier out. I hide treats in there. Scamper doesn't mind his carrier because of that. It's not a scary place. So I think that's something everyone needs to know. Yeah, and I do the same. Uh, it may not win, uh, you know, Martha Stewart Home Decor Awards, but the whole goal is to have your cat feel happy and not stressed out. And as you certainly know, our cats aren't real demonstrative about when they're not feeling good or they're stressed out, but you start seeing their pupils get dilated and their whiskers get stiff and their ears back and hiding. And those aren't the things I want my cats to display. No, me either. I don't want any of my patients to display that. In fact, I post pictures on my social media. This is what a fear-free cat looks like because all the things that we've added in my animal hospital to help make my feline patients feel more comfortable really do work. So there are resources for our cat lovers on a website called Fear Free Happy Homes where you can see tips about making a vet visit or a trip to the vet better or ways to make your home a little more cat friendly. And also here on Nine Lives with Dr. Cat, I have featured some interior designers that specialize in making cat friendly homes and other things to help make life a little better for cats. So I think that that's a, a worthy cause. Oh, yeah. We're the cause for Pets with Paws. I mean, in my home in uh, Dallas, uh, Dr. Cat, we actually have a backyard office, and it's a 10 by 20. And this is where I'm doing uh, my interview with you right now. And I have Casey in here on a window perch. And then there's a, uh, I have a corner hutch on my desk, and there's another cat bed up there so Casey and Mikey can be up high. My futon I never get to use because my three dogs are on it right now. Thank you guys. Thank you uh, Kona and Bujo and Cleo. So I do what I can. We put two cat trees together in our living room and it makes it like a cat jungle so Mikey and Casey get to go up down and all around and they seem to like it you know. Well, I did an interview with Kate Benjamin, and she is um, she has House Panther as her I website. I love her. She does. Yes. Isn't she great? And yes. she gave us some tips about ways to make these things a little more aesthetically pleasing to the humans in the home. So certainly you can get cat carriers that, that aren't ugly. So, And I love the top-loading ones. That is excellent advice. So we were talking about the lady on the plane who had heard cat yowling and didn't want Casey to yell and, and disrupt her her trip. But really, it's about teaching people what the cat is trying to say. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you don't just automatically for the first time take a cat on a plane without having the cat get little small steps of success. So I, like you, encourage people to have the cat be able to have uh, time in the carrier in the home, make it pleasant, maybe just park it in the a garage with the in the car. Well, not Don't overheat, but just have the car engine running, gradually do a short trip around the block, and so on and so on, so that the cat has these legs of success. So when it does come time for the airplane ride, hopefully you're not going from L.A. to New York, but a short trip, you can build a confidence. But I work with my fear-free certified veterinarian. Shout out to Dr. Deborah Charles. And, you know, feel away. I spritz that in the carrier. I make sure that Casey is comfortable wearing a harness so he doesn't get loose in the airport. He walks on a leash. And, you know, guys, when you go through the TSA, you really have to know that they're going to say, take your cat out of the carrier. 
And so please have it such that you are able to secure. I like the harness with the leash and you could even wrap a cat in a towel and go through the little gate to make sure you're okay. But they're going to look at the uh, carrier through the uh, x-ray machine. So I think that Casey's kind of an ambassador for cats because mm-hmm. I think cats have a bad reputation and there are actually people that hate cats. I can't understand it, but there are people that hate <laughs> cats. Cats are something that sort of inspire very strong opinions, I think. But you and Casey are, are making an effort to change that. And I applaud that. Well, thank you. I mean, one of my favorite tales was uh, we went to Mississippi to teach a bunch of canine police officers. And there was one, uh, and my sponsor for that was a, a wonderful sergeant who happened to just tell me at the last minute as this dozen uh, police officers were coming in to be certified in pet first aid. Oh, by the way, they might give you a hard time, especially this one guy. He hates cats. I'm like, thanks for telling me now. So I am an ex-sports writer, so I say bring it. And so what we did was we were showing on uh, Kona how to, you know, do certain techniques. And then I said, the officer in question declared, I hate cats. I think, and pardon me, this is radio. I think, direct quote, all cats are assholes. And I said, okay. And he went out to take a break. When he came back and I said, I'm so glad you're back. I said, we're getting ready to show how to do CPR on a puppy or a kitten, or some small dog. And uh, so we're going to pretend that Casey is a puppy right now. And I put him with this officer. And while he was practicing, well, now we're not doing totally one-third to one-half down the chest compression, but Casey was looking at him and purring. And the officer said, Casey's not an asshole. And I said, he thinks the same of you. And it was hilarious because he just got changed. And I like to say that real men love cats. My brother has uh, cats all his life. He was in the Navy for 20 years. He was a CB. And, of course, dudes have to name their cat macho names. So my brother's cat was named Logger, like like the beer or something. They always have weird names. Or their name is Fluffy, and they always say, we didn't give them that name. My daughter named this cat Fluffy. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) right, right. So I do think that if people give cats an opportunity, they're going to see that just like dogs and people, they come in a wide variety of personalities. And I'm blessed because I have an ambassador. You're right. He is a certified therapy pet. We go to see the memory care folks. We call them the Brookdale Buddies. This week, we went to the Brookdale Buddies and saw them with my dog, Kona. And then we went to the Critter Camp at the SPCA of Texas and saw the kids. And we also taught a pet first aid class. So Casey, he's not going to be bored. I promised him he would have a full nine lives, and we're doing that. But when people get a chance to see a cool cat, I think it helps all cats everywhere maybe get up for adoption. And there's some cats that that just want to be one-on-one in a quiet home. And there are other cats that want to do cat agility or you got the crazy ones like Casey that has never met a stranger. So I think the message for everyone is all cats come in all different personalities. Absolutely. And they're cats. They're not dogs. You can't expect them to, to be. But if you can appreciate them for who they are, then you get the maximum out of your relationship. So Arden, tell all of my listeners how to find you and find out more about what you do. I'm at the local bar. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> I did get my bartender's license, so that's just another thing. <laughs> but anyway, if folks go to Ardenmore.com, that'll usher them to Pet First Aid for You and also Pro Pet Hero. I am a master in Pet First Aid. In addition to teaching in-person classes, I also direct the two-day instructor training for folks to become pet first aid trainers. And then, of course, on Pet Life Radio, my old behave show, and like you on social media, I'm so glad my mom gave me an unusual first name, Arden. If you just go to facebook.com slash Arden Moore, you will see all the antics that Casey is up to and my dog Kona and myself. I use social media only for good. It's non-partisan. I don't do religion. I only try to bring out the best in pets and their people. Yeah, I try to use positive posts. Yep. So, um, because negativity brings us all down and animals aren't negative. Animals are always a source of joy. And so, yeah, I support you completely. So I would like to thank you for being with me and taking the time out of your really busy day and explaining to us all about Casey. So thank you so much. (laughs) Well, it's been an honor and a delight to be a guest on your show, uh, Dr. Kat. And uh, I hope everybody tunes in to what you're doing everywhere, because if we could clone you, this would be a perfect planet. You know, I don't know that my husband would agree with that. (laughs) Well, he's not here. (laughs) Casey would agree. Casey's purring right now and he's got, yeah, yeah, she's got a good voice. Yep, yep. And she likes cats. Yeah, yeah, she's all right. She rocks. Well, thank you to all of my loyal listeners here on Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. And as always, we couldn't do it without our amazing producer, Mark Winter. So everyone go out and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>